I received a question earlier this week about reciprocal in vitro fertilization. Now, if you have no idea what that is, we are in an age where science continues to make leaps and bounds to accomplish incredible things. But there's that question that we must ask. Just because we can do something, does that mean we should? And I think that this is where the question comes in when we talk about in vitro fertilization. You may hear IVF, in vitro fertilization, and think, wow, what a gift for those people who are truly struggling with infertility. And I get what you're saying. I do. The cross of infertility, the desire for a child, is written so deeply on the human heart that we should have compassion and look toward solutions, but not solutions that put women's bodies at risk or that unborn child. So here's what reciprocal in vitro fertilization is, also known as IVF. It's a way for, let's say, a couple who are lesbians, two women, to both carry the child that they will produce. Many people with same-sex attraction are trying to turn to science for new ways to get around the fact that biologically it is still necessary for a mother and a father, a man and a woman, to create new human life. Bottom line, you need sperm and egg that requires a biological male and a biological female. Now, we might be able to extract eggs from a woman and sperm from a man in order to create new life in a petri dish. But again, should we? There's much to be asked and answered when pursuing this topic. So again, reciprocal in vitro fertilization is this, where essentially the sperm and the egg are incubated in one woman, let's say one of the two lesbian partners, and then they're harvested and placed in the other of the two partners. But not until they say they're ready to proceed with this baby. In the meantime, when that baby, as soon as a sperm and egg meet, creating a new distinct human life, we have a new human person. We're talking about a person, and we stand very clearly emphasizing that that child should be respected and protected in the same way that you and I are. Just because the child's smaller, more vulnerable, more dependent, in a different environment, in a different level of development, doesn't mean that we should have the right to play with that life. To play God, ultimately. To decide whether or not that life shall be destroyed, whether or not that life should be frozen in an embryo bank. So this is a real question. In fact, in 2018, For the first time to our knowledge, a couple actually was able to engage in this. Again, where one of the two women in the lesbian relationship was able to incubate the baby as sperm and egg met, and then the baby's harvested. Often in vitro fertilization, there's a dimension used where a device called an invio cell capsule is used to incubate the baby. In this case, at the beginning of that life when sperm and egg are coming together, instead of using that incubator, they're using a woman's womb to 
or should I say vagina, to stimulate to simulate that incubator. So let's talk about this big picture. Where do we see a problem with in vitro fertilization? Number one, we're taking a very vulnerable and new human life and removing it from place to place to place. This can destroy, might I say kill, whether intentionally or unintentionally, a baby during the process. Again, whether it's intentional or not, we know that these children in the earliest stages of development are vulnerable. Hence the great risk of miscarriage in the earliest trimester of a pregnancy. Not only that, when we talk about in vitro fertilization, we don't talk often of the impact it has on the woman and her body. Even just to harvest a large number of eggs, which is what is required when going through with artificial insemination and vitro fertilization, that means that we're harvesting a massive number of eggs from a woman's body at once, which is very detrimental because this is not normally done. Usually a woman only produces one egg per cycle. And so with this, we're also seeing a super ovulation of the woman's body that has a huge impact on her ability to conceive naturally down the road, but also it can create the onset of menopause many years earlier because a woman is only born with so many eggs and her ability as years go on to conceive a child are dependent upon those eggs that are produced. So one of the biggest problems with in vitro fertilization also includes the fact that we determine when we want that new human life, that new embryo person in the earliest stages of development to continue to develop in the womb or to be frozen. Now what happens is often because these lives are so vulnerable, because we're playing with them and putting them in environments where they weren't originally created or necessarily meant to be, They're implanting two, three, four embryos, even sometimes six at a time inside a woman's womb. Many of those babies die early on, but sometimes two, three, and four actually begin to develop even further along in their development as a person. But the question then that doctors have to talk to people about is selective reduction, because how many babies did they really want? Often they only wanted one or maybe two. So what happens to the other babies? They're, quote, selectively reduced. I'm talking about an abortion here. Abortion is more common than you realize in in vitro fertilization. It is a normal part of the in vitro fertilization process. That's IVF. That's a huge reason why IVF is extremely problematic and immoral. Not only are we putting a new human life in a vulnerable situation, would we do that with a newborn baby? Putting it in risky environments that could risk its life over and over and over again? Well, what's the difference with a baby in the earliest stages of development when it's meant to be in the mother's womb, which it was biologically conceived by? Also, another problem with this, if we really do look about look at it, is that in vitro fertilization, although can be a solution that many people point to for people struggling with infertility or single persons who would really like to have a child, 
but I've pointed to some of the problems that should help us understand why that's problematic. But in addition to that, in vitro fertilization creates this attitude of what's referred to as a designer baby, where I can design any baby I want. I can choose the sperm donor who has a particular color of eyes, particular types of diseases that he may or may not hold in his genetic makeup. I can choose a person with a particular hair color of a particular race. Talk a lot about racism, but is anyone talking about the fact that the vast majority of babies conceived in vitro fertilization are aiming for that goal of having white skin, blue eyes, and blonde hair? Isn't that interesting? So we need to take into consideration the fact that these designer babies created through in vitro fertilization really turn into being about what adults want, as if adults can shop around for a child. But then isn't that scary to think about the development of that child later on? If that child was created for the emotional security, for the emotional desire of an adult? Not that we shouldn't desire children and be excited to foster new life, but there's a problem when too much emphasis is placed on that child and the expectation emotionally and psychologically that that child is meant to bring about for the parent. And so that's a little bit on reciprocal in vitro fertilization, also known as IVF.